Well, you may have heard us talking about crushing the idols of our day. Well, today we're going to bring on someone who actually did that. You may have saw Michael Cassidy in the news a couple weeks back is the man who went into the Iowa State House to destroy a satanic idol display that was in the State House. He's going to come on and tell us uh, all about uh, the lead up to that, a little bit about his background and what the fallout has been. We have an incredible culture here in the state of Alabama, but our politics and public policy don't reflect the people of Alabama. Media drives culture. Culture is what drives politics and public policy. Welcome, everyone, to 1819 News, the podcast. I'm Brian Dawson, CEO of 1819 News and host of this here podcast, where we are in pursuit of a free and flourishing Alabama every single week. We have an incredible episode for you guys today, one I've been uh, highly, just really hoping we could get him on uh, since the event. Uh, we have the Slayer of Demon Statues uh, in Iowa. Um, we have Michael Cassidy uh, coming on to talk to us about the story. If you didn't hear about it, uh, there was a man, and it's the man who's going to be joining us, Michael Cassidy, uh, who saw a satanic temple that was erected inside of the State House in Iowa and said, that won't do. And he took action and he destroyed it, uh, as I believe many other people should have. He did. And I'm sure it crossed many other people's minds. They didn't. Uh, Michael Cassidy did. So we're going to be talking to him uh, about that, getting to know him a little bit, uh, what motivated him to do that and act. And then in the overtime, uh, we're going to talk about what is the Christian's responsibility to act in these times. So we see what he did there in that instance. Is there, are there any other instances where we should be? Uh, bringing it to that next level uh, of uh, basically re- you know, refusing to accept uh, this um, crazed uh, religious pluralism to the nth degree where we get to the point where we have uh, satanic temples inside state houses. Uh, it's it's insane time. So we're going to be talking to him about that. But before we do, I uh, want to tell you guys, whatever podcast platform you guys are getting this on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Oh, not YouTube. I keep saying that. And YouTube kicked us off like a year ago because they can't handle the truth. Um, We got kicked off of YouTube. I don't know why. It just pops out. I say YouTube. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Rumble. Um, Go on to those uh, podcasting platforms. Like, follow, click the bell. That way that you're getting notifications. Uh, And then also please share these podcasts on social media so that we're reaching as many people as we possibly can so that they can get the truth. Uh, and begin to uh, participate in their civic duties in a uh, an informed manner. So do that. And then also, if you haven't signed up to become a member yet, go to the website, 1819news.com. Click the Become a Member button. Membership start as little as $5 a month. With that, you get uh, cool merchandise and access to behind-the-scenes content like we'll be doing uh, with Michael Cassidy today. So that will wrap up that portion of the podcast. Now on to the part you're tuning in for. Michael Cassidy, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So, um, just one of those days where you wake up and you're 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 scrolling through Twitter, and you stumble upon you know the greatest story for sure that day, if not the month, if not the year, of oh wow, this guy did what everyone was thinking. Like as soon as you hear that there's a demon, you know, uh, a demon statue or a you know a satanic temple or not temple um, statue erect. I don't know what the word would be, um, but but it's 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 uh, how would you describe what it was? Uh, I mean, it was a an icon to Satan. It was a satanic icon, statue, altar. 
co- combination of all of those. Yeah. And right there in the state house. And so, um, you know, there's just some things and sometimes where you have to, you have to act. And so Michael did, uh, and that is how I discovered him, heard of him and he made national news and has been, uh, making the rounds. And I'm glad he saw fit to let 1819 news get an interview, uh, as I'm sure he, uh, was insanely popular, uh, <laughs> after that happened. So, um, you know, thanks for joining us. And, um, one of the things that we love to do, uh, with anybody, no matter the reason that they come on is just to hear a little bit about the person, how you grew up specifically, uh, if you were offended by a satanic, um, idol, um, to the point of, of destroying it, um, would love to hear a little bit about your faith walk, how you came to Christ and, and, and where that passion and zeal comes from. Uh, sure. So I, um, live in Mississippi now. I was born in Maryland, but I grew up in Virginia, um, and up in Arlington, Virginia. And I, uh, was there in high school when nine 11 happened. Um, and after nine 11, I figured, you know, I want to join the military. So ended up joining the military, uh, joined Navy out of college, ended up going to flight school. Um, got, fortunate enough to be selected to fly F-18s with the Navy, went to Virginia Beach uh, for about four years. Then I came back to Mississippi to teach um, the next generation of jet pilots, of carrier uh, naval aviators, and got out of active duty about three years ago. And I've been here uh, in Mississippi uh, ever since. Um, In terms of how I came to Christ, you know, I grew up in a a Christian household. Um, The it it seems it always sounds kind of i don't know odd to me maybe but really the thing that that stood out to me that really you know supercharged the difference between being a child in a, a christian household and then really becoming a follower of christ the the defining moment was in youth group at church watching the passion of the Christ and as, yeah. And, you know, it, for whatever reason that is, that was when I first really kind of understood as an adult, what, or a burgeoning adult, um, you know, uh, the deeper meaning of faith. And, you know, I've, uh, been a Christian my whole life. Uh, the hadn't really seen any satanic statues, sure. uh, you know, before, uh, I guess when, uh, in the aftermath of what happened, I saw that, you know, I guess they've, they've had some kind of display up in a couple different places, uh, at various points over the past several years. But, um, really seen that in, in Iowa, that big statue, uh, I mean, it was like six, seven feet tall, something like that, um, that it just, uh, it, it was, you know, grossly offensive. Yeah, absolutely. It was. All right. So you're in Mississippi. How did you end up in Iowa? I bought a plane ticket and flew up. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think a lot of people, when they read the story, they were like, oh, here's Michael Cassidy just going about his business in the Iowa State House because that's what he does. And was like, is that is that a demon statue? And then attacked it. So you had heard what it was and where it was and said, this won't do and, and jumped on a plane and handled it. Well, yeah. So I saw it the a few days before I went up there and um, 
I thought, you know, and then I saw a couple days later that there was a, you know, there's prayer in the Capitol that the, I think the governor, uh, I don't know if she organized it or if she was part of the organization of people like protesting against it, maybe, um, on the Monday or Tuesday. And I thought, okay, you know, this thing will be gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Wednesday afternoon, I saw it, it was still up. And so I, uh, I felt moved to to buy a plane ticket, and so I I've, um, flew up to to Iowa. Got there Wednesday night, and then uh, walked over to the Capitol Thursday morning. And didn't know exactly what to expect. To be perfectly frank, I didn't know uh, whether it would be gone <laughs> at that point. You know, hopefully it would have just been gone. That they would have taken it down themselves. Didn't know if there are going to be a bunch of Satanists there. Didn't know if there are going to be uh, a bunch of cops there, uh, protesters, politicians. Really, did not know what to expect uh, once I got there. I just knew that I I needed to go there, and so I got there, walked in the Capitol, and there was only really one person near uh, the altar. Uh, yeah. It was I think a Catholic guy. Um, he was praying in Latin and English. Um, there were a couple other people in the rotunda, but that's like, I don't know, 50, hundred feet away, something like that. Um, and I, I saw it, uh, in person still there. Uh, and you know, it just, it, at that point it, it just, um, it was apparent how, you know, evil it was to be in yeah. a state capital, uh, where, you know, their families walking around there's, uh, it's, and it's the center of the government of the state of Iowa. Yeah. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I thought about it, prayed about it. And then I, I took it down. <clears throat> so thought about it, prayed about it, took it down. So what it looked like in my head, because I've seen no video footage is that you pulled out a huge sword and you beheaded it and then stabbed it in the heart. Is that how <laughs> it went? Uh, the, I saw a bunch of the memes and whatnot after, and it, it looked a lot, you know, cooler than, <laughs> than what actually uh, happened. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't bring a sword with me. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I just, you know, I, the, the, the head of the thing, I, I pulled it off, uh, tore it up a bit, um, pushed the, the statue over. Um, and then, you know, Believe it or not, I, some of the some of the bits of the satanic altar, um, they'd fallen out of the. They had this little rectangle of uh -huh. like a loud space, I guess, that you can be satanist inside the space. Yeah, uh, that you know, candles and whatnot. It uh, it went outside of that little rectangle. So I actually went and you know picked that stuff up, put it back inside uh, the rectangle uh, to make sure you know people wouldn't trip on it or anything. Uh, yeah. And then um, I just went back to the security checkpoint, and you know I was I didn't know whether you know there'd be alarms going off and you know cops coming out of the rafters or anything, but no, nobody, <laughs> nope. Nobody responded. Nobody really saw it other than the, the man who was right there. And so I went to the security checkpoint and, and turned myself in. I think the guy that was praying in Latin, so typically your trad Catholics are the guys that pray in Latin. You were probably an answer to his prayer. So he's sitting there praying and then you go and destroy it. He's like, there it is. Answer to my prayer. There, there you go. So, you know, for me personally, and, and again, you could have thoughts on this, not have thoughts on this, whatever. Um, uh, but to me, I believe one of the reasons that we've ended up in this situation as a nation 
uh, is we've bought into the myth of pluralism and this idea that government can be neutral. Um, And these Satanists are really poking fun, I think, at how stupid we are um, for allowing this myth of pluralism and this myth of neutrality of government. Um, I believe that there are three spheres of government that God has instituted, the family, the church, and the state. Obviously, that was the state house. That's your civil magistrates where they are elected officials uh, and the governing body that governs the affairs of men. But I think all three of those governments are equal with each other under the lordship of Christ. Um, the state should look to the Bible to how it should govern the state. The church should look to the Bible, how to govern the church and the family should look to the Bible on how to govern, you know, the affairs in the, in the home. Uh, but the church shouldn't be over the state. The state shouldn't be over the church. They're on equal footing. Um, and, and they should, you know, how they go about their business should be informed by, um, the word of God. And that's the way our nation was founded. Our entire Legal system is rooted in William Blackstone's interpretation of Israel civil code, um, the general equity found in Israel civil code, which basically means that we look at, you know, what what was God trying to say about what was right and wrong, how to love God and love neighbor in um, in Israel at that time. Okay, then we can pull from that and say, oh, okay, we the, our laws should be like that here, but apply to our time and culture. And so we knew that at one time, and when we knew that. Our nation flourished like no other country ever had because we understood that Christ is king. Any authority that we have has been given to us by him, and we're going to we're going to govern that way. It doesn't mean that everyone in the nation has to submit to Christ, but it does mean that the, the rules of this nation are going to be established by him. You know, what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong. Um, and what we see now, in my opinion, is there's a a group coming in that's at war with that, and it literally, whatever God says is good, they say is bad. Whatever God says is bad, they say is good, and it's this utter destruction, and rather than us, oh, I don't know, ripping down the demon statues, uh, instead, we're like, yeah, no, I think we should all have a seat at the table, and we can discuss this, and it's it's just, it's crazy, and by us, um, rather than bending the knee to Christ, we bend the knee to pluralism and allow all this insanity in. And that's how we get to the point where we have all this transgender nonsense and everything else that's going on because no grownups in the room will stand up and do something. And so I don't know theologically where you are, if that played into any of it, or if you were just like, I see this, I don't like it. I'm going to do something or what are your thoughts? Well, uh, an example that I've used before, and it I think aligns with how you think is that our, um, of course, our nation was founded by Christians and with Christian uh, beliefs and the 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 phrase that is so misused uh, is the idea of the separation of church and state. And mm. so, what the what we have seen in society is that Christians have allowed the other side, and even sometimes Christians themselves have to find that separation of church and state is the absolute removal of God from any sort of civil matter whatsoever. And that the author of that phrase, separation of church and state, Thomas Jefferson, he was president uh, at that time, our third president. Uh, I think it was like 1803 or something like that. And he wrote that on a Friday. And then two days later, he went to church. And where he went to church was the same place that presidents and other, you know, politicians would go to church for the next 50 years in DC. And that was inside the chamber of the U S house of representatives. 
that we had actual church service inside the United States House of Representatives. It was a, I believe, a non-denominational Protestant service. Uh, because, you know, there are a lot of different denominations of Protestants then. And that's really, you know, why the, uh, the, the understanding that our founders had of religious freedom, that you wouldn't, you wouldn't have, you would not have a national official church that was saying, Hey, you've got to recite Baptist creeds. You've got to recite Presbyterian creeds. You've got to recite Anglican creeds, uh, as the condition for national, for federal office. Um, and that was the environment that the Constitution was created in. That was the environment that our our whole nation was really founded on. Right. And we have to look at that context um, in interpreting our how we should govern ourselves today. Yeah. And in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, where it says there's not to be a state religion, it was talking about the federal government for the for, for the entirety of the United States. I think there was like of the 13 colonies, like 10 of them had a state religion and and, and they maintained it and eventually obviously faded away. But it was it, the Constitution wasn't restricting, you know, the state of, you know, New Hampshire or whatever from, you know, having its state religion. We just weren't going to do it federally. Right. And yep. so that's interesting. And then another thing, the second president, uh, John Adams says our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And so the freedoms that we have are based off of self-governing people submitting themselves to the rule of Christ, a critical mass, enough people. Yeah. Not everybody. Um, they're going to govern themselves by certain standards and those standards are transcendent and we submit ourselves to those. And because of that, we can have a limited government because we don't need a nanny state telling everyone what to do because everyone already knows what to do and they're taught in their homes how to live and how to behave. Um, so anyway, we could go on and on about that, but, um, uh, I think your, your points are spot on. And, um, to me, uh, I wish I would have thought to go tear the statue down before you and would have gotten the glory, but you, sir, got it. Uh, uh, but, um, we, we all need to figure out what we can be doing um, some grown up somewhere has to stand up and do something. And there's people who God has put in positions of authority that have put their hand on a Bible and swore to protect uh, the Constitution and to do things in a certain way, obviously, with their hand being on a Bible when they make that oath to do it in a way that glorifies God um, that aren't doing it. Something we see here in Alabama all over the place is you have these people who are on the library boards um, that, that could shut down all the pornography in the children's section and 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 grooming literature that's uh, designed for the sole purpose of um, pulling children into questioning their gender and being homosexual and all this other stuff. And it's in the children's section, like all, like you just need one person that works there to be like, yeah, we're not going to do this, but they won't like, you can't find anyone anywhere, you know, and it took someone from Mississippi flying to Iowa to tear that statue down. And so it's, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting time to be alive. I want to ask you though, what, what has the fallout been? What have you, you turned yourself in? What were you charged with? What have been, has the media come after you? Um, what, what's been the, the fallout? So after I turned myself in the, um, the cops, they want, they showed up and we talked for about, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes. Uh, they talked to their higher ups about what, uh, what to do. Yeah. Uh, they at first they they were saying hey can you just you know put it back together and like we'll pretend like 
abracadabra, nothing happened. And I said, yeah. uh, there, there ain't no way I'm yeah. putting that thing back up, boss. Uh, and, uh, and then after that, that time, they, I don't know who they spoke with. Um, but they, they said, okay, you can go. Um, I gave them my phone number, uh, and my address. So that way they could reach out to me in case, um, any, uh, charges did get filed. And so of course, about 10 minutes after I left, I got the phone call and they said, Hey, can you come on back so we can give you the citation? Uh, so I, I walked on back to the Capitol complex and they gave me a, uh, it's a, a misdemeanor, um, cr- uh, criminal mischief in the fourth degree, I mm. believe is, is the, the charge. And, um, so as of yesterday, uh, the state still hadn't, <laughs> Uh, officially filed the charge. Uh, I imagine they're going to do it this week is what I've heard, but it's the, I haven't, don't really have much experience with the, uh, the legal world. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know uh, how fast or slow these things uh, go, but it's, you know, it's been over a month. And so they, and they still haven't, I guess, filed the official charge, but anyways, uh, so we're, we're waiting to figure out what exactly, um, the the state or the county's plan is and we're going to uh, work our legal defense accordingly there the media as you alluded to a little bit earlier what was pretty uh, pretty remarkable the day or two and even like the few days right after um and we i'm sure that there are people that uh, i missed uh, that were reaching out to me uh, and of course i apologize about that try to get back to everybody that i could um and but the, you know, response from, uh, I mean, of course I got like some hate mail and email and things like that, but the, the overwhelming response of the people who know me and just the community has been, uh, very positive because, you know, nobody, it's like the, the frog in the pot of boiling water that, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we've accepted so many things that just come in little at a time that are anti-Christian. And then eventually we kind of realize, wait a second, we shouldn't be accepting this. We yeah. should not accept satanic statues in state capitals. We should not, we should not accept, uh, you know, the blatant display and uh, spread of evil in our country that as Christians, we need to, you know, be more, uh, be more uh, fearful of the Lord than fearful of what the world's going to say to us mm. or do to us. Yeah. No fear of man instead of fear of God. I think that has um, hit the nail on the head. Um, everyone's so worried. And and to me, the thing that scares me more than anything is a, is a guy who runs a business, who has a family with seven children. Um, the, I don't ever want to offend God. I don't ever want to let him down. Like that's the biggest fear. Um, the fear of man, I think it, it plagues everybody to a certain degree. Um, but that is, um, hopefully, you know, I see a positive trend, um, of a lot of Christians that have had enough and they're standing up. I think you are, um, you know, some like a positive reinforcement that popped out at a time when it was needed. Uh, and one thing I have learned is the, you know, the image, what, why I wanted you to come on and tell the story is the imitative power of storytelling. And so, uh, I had a friend. Uh, who helped with the Blindside movie uh, to get it out there to get um, uh, to get the Blindside movie out and also the book 
and he heard back uh, from someone that was involved in it that you know thousands of people adopted after watching that movie. And so everyone hears a story. They see this lady who adopted, you know, uh, Michael Orr, and then all these people respond by adopting. And so the 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 imitative power of storytelling is for you to come and and tell this story. Uh, so that other people will have their, you know, demon statue, you know, take down moment, whatever that looks like in whatever context that God puts them in. And ultimately what it is, is courage. We want to infect everyone with courage and say, this is our country, right? This, you know, God gave this to us. This is our country. This is our heritage. And we have to, we're going to have to stand up and defend it because there's people who don't want it. And it's not even minor disagreements. There's, there's a group of people who are at the helm and have their hands on the levers of power that want to destroy our nation, our constitution, um, our, our heritage our culture, our history. Um, and they, they want to destroy it and we can either sit and watch, uh, or we can do something. And I'm, I'm grateful that you chose to do something. Thank you. Yeah. The, it's, it's very easy to listen to the world. Um, and the, what we have to remember is that as Christians, um, we, you know, we're not of the world that we, um, you know, we, we belong to Jesus and that we listen to him, um, that we, uh, that was one of the things that went through my mind as I was in the, uh, in the Capitol right before I took the, the uh, statue down is I thought, you know, I could, Right now, I've got the option. I could go walk out these doors because uh, there, there are some doors right behind me. I could walk out these doors, get back, uh, go to uh, the airport, fly away. Nobody would, nobody would know anything. Um, it would just, you know, that statue would still be there. But what I was more afraid of in that moment was having that conversation with Christ one day that I was afraid of the consequences that could befall me. Um, from tolerating this evil uh, when it was, uh, you know, we're called to oppose the works of the devil. Uh, mm-hmm. We're called to, that's what Christ was. Uh, that's part of why he came down. Uh, that is to oppose the devil, to fight the devil. And we need to oppose the devil and his works. Amen. Well, thank you, Michael Cassidy, for, for joining us. Um, yeah, so thank you. And, uh, we, we're going to do an overtime segment. We're going to probably dive a little more deeply into, uh, the conversation, uh, that we're having now. What is the Christian's responsibility to act in these demonic times? And what are some other instances where we need to be so bold? Um, so we'll be doing that. If you're a member, that'll be in the overtime segment. Uh, Michael Cassidy, thank you. Thanks. All right. That'll wrap it up. Until next time, put your trust in God and keep your powder dry.